0: Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential, and it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life. And this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 126 of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. This episode is with Jeanette Lewis, on message for the Divine Masculine and Divine Feminine. What an incredible conversation we had. We really dove deep into a number of esoteric and metaphysical and also very um, practical yet spiritualized principles for living our life in dynamic harmony and really the nature of transformation. And one of the main areas that we really focused in on was the concept of the divine feminine and the divine masculine and really shedding a lot of light on what that means in the most practical terms and how to use this information to empower our lives and, um, you know, so we can really live a life of health, harmony, wealth, wisdom, and, um, you know, just fulfillment. So really amazing interview. I think you're going to enjoy this a lot with my good friend, Jeanette Lewis, and Before we dive into the interview, I want to invite you to also check out my work at ronnylandis.net. If you want to know more about my coaching programs, my online educational programs, my published books, my favorite top um, health and nutraceutical products that I personally recommend to all my clients and people around the world, and then all the free content that I have created and consolidated a lot of it I've made available on my new rebranded website, which can be found at ronnielandis.net. So go over there, check it out, and I look forward to hearing back from you and finding out how I can serve and support you in any way possible. And without further ado, let's dive into this uh, incredible conversation with Jeanette Lewis. Jeanette's journey as a spiritual healer and leader started over 25 years ago when episodes of pure awareness peering through her consciousness began to occur. Like many empathetic indigo lightworkers, a process of deep healing ensued, initiated by a destiny encounter with Archangel Gabriel. During this healing process, she di- she delved into Reiki, yoga, metaphysical Christianity, new thought, ancient wisdom teachings, and healing sessions with a Barbara Brennan healing practitioner. The year 2012 initiated visions of her soul's past life ascension journey and subsequent decisions to return to Mother Earth to live as an incarnate Earth angel. She is here to help shift human consciousness and the world into higher and higher levels of love, unity, and communication with Terra, the Sun, our planets, and the cosmos welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Well, my pleasure. And I'm excited. We've known each other for many years now. And, um, you know, it's been quite a journey. And I'm really excited to dive in with you about your work, um, your background and the work that you do, how you came to this work and just like really dive deep into Um, yeah, the work that you're doing and how it is here to help heal and support people on their journey.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So let's, uh, let's take it back to the basics, you know, like what, what started you off in this particular work? We'll get deeper into what the work is and all that. But you know, let's do a little background check. Like, how did you get into this work, what inspired you or what, what potential shifts or anything in your experience happened to lead you into this direction?
1: So for me, I grew up, um, uh, in poverty and some of my earliest memories here, uh, in the physical anyway, (laughs) was actually being homeless with my, my mom living out of her car, um and so just this is constant uh, stress around basic survival and and safety and all that were just pervasive throughout my my youth growing up and of course naturally you know the older you get and the more frame of reference you have about what life is and what you have and what you don't have um you know the pressures of that definitely started to weigh and i developed um depression And so when I was in college, the latter part of college, um, I got to a point where I was about almost 200 pounds. Um, We were uh, that that summer before, you know, this particular instance happened. um, I had, uh, you know, barely eating because we were losing our home and, you know, getting food from the, the local food pantry and all this kind of stuff. And it was just a lot of turmoil that I was going through. Um, and so when I entered into, uh, the fall semester of, um, uh, towards the end of, you know, my college days, you know, I pretty much was just tapped out and, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to one of the top private arts, um, liberal arts colleges, you know, in the country, Washington, Washington university in St. Louis. It was an amazing, um, opportunity, but, you know, I just felt like, I don't know how much longer I can keep up the facade that I'm okay when I'm really not, (laughs) you know, if I'm not really around folks um, that I perceive anyway um, to be having the same experiences um, that I was. So I remember sitting in my dorm room and shutting the door and just being so physically weak because I literally just had not been eating um, for a while or, or eating enough that it was needed for my body. And just essentially had um, an emotional and a mental just neutralization. <laughs> like I just, you know, everything just kind of stopped. And, and in that moment, I could feel as well time stop. And it was just like kind of being in this, this place of uh, stasis. And I literally in this moment heard a voice um, say to me, this is almost over and it freaked me out <laughs> you know because i'd never had um an experience like that before like i'd had um moments of merging into god and it's a different kind of like soft melting that happens but this was quite um uh jarring and it was it was meant to wake me up And so, you know, in that moment, you know, I was just like, oh, my God, (laughs) you know, Uh, but then the words themselves hit and I was like, oh, oh, my God, yes, this is almost over because I was um, uh, basically at the end of the the time I was going to be in college and I realized that I was about to leave this experience the same person that I was when I entered, that I wasn't you know, taking advantage of what was there to actually shift me into being the person that I wanted to become, which, you know, was going to be vastly different than what it would have been if I had chosen to stay home and just, you know, go to community college and help out family and do that kind of thing. Um, And, you know, I took the leap of faith to take that chance, but I wasn't actually um, allowing myself to fully activate it. So that really hit and I was just like, oh, wow, this is this is really almost over. And um, so basically what came through was a a pretty <laughs> detailed list of um, what needed to be done. But the first thing that came through was, you know, you're depressed and you need to get help. And I just in that moment had to accept it, realize it. Um, and so. You know, it was just got this, this litany of things that I need to do to take care of myself. Um, basically, of, of utilizing all the resources that were available at the university to go on a healing journey. And you know, I basically made a commitment in my my heart at that moment that you know I will mm-hmm. I will do this. But you know, I want to I want to be healed from this. I don't want to be managing this um you know 10 years down the road. Like that's not that's not gonna be success for me. That's not for me, you know, the concept or the idea of with God all things are possible. Um, you know, especially at that point having lived with depression for for many years, I was just like, I can't hold this burden anymore. So like, you know, I will do what I need to do to um, you know, work my butt off and, and make use of the the huge amount of blessings that I've been given in terms of resources at the school. Um but in exchange for that, you know, it's like I want <laughs> I want to be healed. And um so yeah, I ended up going on this uh and now that that experience itself happened a month before the September eleventh attack in two thousand one. Mm. And so yeah, it was just like, okay, everything that, you know, was considered stable is is being um Mm-hmm. Uh, looked at. Um, so, I I took a very holistic approach to um, going on a wellness journey. So I uh, started seeing a social worker there because they had um, counseling services available. Uh, I went to the school psychiatrist and got myself put onto uh, medication to help kind of even me out because I was just either too numb or dipping too low, and I was really having a difficult time uh, managing. Um, they had a school nutritionist, so I started working with her. Um, they actually had a gym, so I, was, I started going to the gym. Um, they had yoga classes, so I signed up for that. Um, I threw myself into more of the performing arts because I was already um, a musician. I played um, the viola since middle school and I was still playing, um, but I enrolled myself in dance classes Um, I enrolled myself in an acting class because I knew it would force me to be vulnerable in front of other people Mm -hmm. instead of hiding away in my shell. Um, I started taking voice lessons because uh, one of the things that would happen for me when I would go into a a depressive state or would get triggered is I would lose my voice and I would shut down. So I wanted to, to, to work on that. And so, you know, these are like some of the examples that I would do. Um, but I also, you know, incorporated the the spiritual side and, and I had been exposed to a a lot of, um, really profound teachings over the years as well. And so I tuned myself to Reiki and started doing energy healing on myself. And so I was doing all this for about two years and really stabilized nicely, but there's still obviously more work to do. And when, um, Towards the end of my senior year, the counselor I was working with actually referred me to an energy healer that she uh, actually worked with. And she uh, didn't mention this to me the entire time that we were working together, but she's like, I think you're ready for, <laughs> for her. So I remember um, it was the day of graduation and also the same day I was going to be leaving um, to go back home on the, on the, uh, the plane. And I was like, okay, should I go to the graduation ceremony or go to the healing session? And I was like, I'm going to go to the healing session. <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm going to get my degree anyway. I will make the walk. I do the whole ceremony. But, you know, I, I want, um, I knew what I wanted, which was myself. I wanted peace. Mm. And um, it was an incredible experience with her. It was really hard. Um, you know, it's a different thing when you're working yourself versus when someone else is holding your container. Um, there's a lot more release that happens and um, yeah it, it was a lot physically for me and emotionally um, but she was pretty powerful and she recognized me and my spirit um, and she was uh, called to actually give me free healings um, long distance until I was able to get to a place where I where I could pay you know her on scale and all that kind of thing but she was just like no I'm, I know that I'm supposed to be showing up for you in this way to help you. Um, and so I worked with her for probably about another year and a half. And, um, you know, obviously we've kept in touch over the years, but towards the, the end of that, that process of doing that major weekly work with her, um, then I eventually got to a place where, um, I really can make more drastic shifts in how I ate and my health and wellness. And within probably about like six or seven months, I dropped, um, good fifty pounds (laughs) it was just like so easy to lose because the um the energetic framework and the mental and emotional framework was no longer there to hold those patterns so Mm. it was easy for the the body to metabolize and release at that point um and making the shifts were, were easy and, you know, after that point, just like, you know, just this burst of energy and just this massive amount of expansion. And it's been um, nonstop <laughs> since then. So that is the, the shortest way I can uh, relay that um, and the profound nature of it. But that is, in a nutshell, um, kind of the, the destiny changing moment, but also hard work that had to go in, um, cause it really was about a good three to four years of hard, hard healing work on all levels of being, um, before I could come out on the other side and really be a, a fully transformed, um, person. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, that's an amazing story. And there's so many different little nuggets and insights wrapped up in it and, I know now that the work that you're doing is pretty, pretty, um, it covers a lot of different territory and there's a lot of different subjects that we could dive into, but I want to touch on one of the things you said that you lost 60 pounds and you attribute it to being from energetic blocks or energetic storage. And once you were able to work through that, the physical weight started to drop off. I want to kind of touch more into that Mm -hmm. because all of us in some way are carrying some kind of an emotional or energetic load and we may not realize that certain issues in our body, certain um, stagnation, certain like chronic aches and pains or weight gain as a form of like protecting ourselves in some way, we're kind of mm-hmm. holding on to this energy and we may be trying a lot of different um, diets or different approaches, seeing um, mm-hmm. seeing a certain level of results but maybe there's this stored energy that's there that we can't seem to access. So I want to, I want to touch on that particular point.
1: Yeah. So I I think the, um, one thing I, I should also make clear too is that I very much am an alchemist. So I am an artist and a scientist. It, you know, it's been the arts and, uh, math. My degree is actually in math for, um, for years. And so, um, a lot of the spiritual realizations and um, experiences with with God that I've had that actually come through um, learning about the physical nature of the world. Um, and one of the things I think that would be a good way to, you know, orient your listening audience to is that we are mostly space. You know, this is a scientific fact. I think they, what they say, 94, 95% of the, the universe is space or dark matter. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is actual matter. That translates to us too. Like there, there is the, the non-physical or consciousness, if you want to call it, that is the baseline in which informs everything in the physical first and foremost. In the physical... Um, is basically the last point of, um, of manifestation, if you will. And that's really where we do refining, but it's not really where we create from. Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at making shifts or changes in our life, you, you know, when we say we want to get to the root of the problem, you are more than just a diagnosis or a symptom. There is a lifestyle there is a way of seeing the world there is a way of emotionally responding to the world that goes into um you know really creating a, an experience that is had now obviously we don't control everything in the universe sometimes shit happens <laughs> okay so like you know if you if you get into a car accident you have a bone like you can't um, i'm not saying in any way shape, or form that you need to take Um, responsibility for everything you don't control that but what you can control uh, in terms of making changes in your life is really what the goals are what is an expression or reflection of the true nature of your being and so if you're dealing with something like for me with being you know overweight the issue really wasn't the weight Um, And it wasn't exercise and it wasn't food because, like I said, those first two years um, I had access to nutritionists and I was going to the gym, I was in dance class, in yoga. The weight didn't drop, okay? Because the shift of the foundation for why the weight was there in the first place needed to get changed. And, but that's, you know, my particular story because that the weight was developed and got put on in a lot of ways because it was there to protect from, you know, from various things. It's not necessarily going to be, you know, another person's story, but that ability to, uh, be self-reflective and perceptive about how you've been living, the patterns you've been living, your coping mechanisms, um, the stresses in your life, really do have to be addressed because until those things get changed, all that has to happen is, you know, five, six, ten years down the road, something similar to come up to trigger you back to that same pattern. And then what, you know, if the core is not changed, the, the physical really is, um, it's not going to change anything. And, and you might see that too with somebody who might have great health, but then their character (laughs) doesn't necessarily match or they'll use, you know, their health as a way to bypass um, being someone of integrity and someone of honor and how they show up in the world. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd love to um, take this and then move into some of the other areas of the work that you do one of the things that I really picked up on was the diversity of kind of metaphysical spiritually orientated and energetic work that you do all of which that I'm pretty familiar with some things that I've really dived deep into my own experience and just know people that are really deep into these areas so Mm -hmm. I'm kind of I want to kind of open this up and let you take it where you feel most relevant or inclined, but um, on your website, it says that a few of your skills include working with the archangels, past life healing, ET program removals, ascension, column opening, aura and chakra healing, crystal healing, tarot, astrology, Akashic records, ritual invocations, candle magic, and spiritual life coaching. So um, there's a few things here that I'd love to dive into, but um, I'd like to just kind of let you maybe give us an understanding of what all that means in relation to what you've shared about kind of the the principles or the philosophy of the work that you do.
1: Yeah. So in terms of my approach, I personally, I'm someone who is constantly learning like that is just my, my posture in life. So you know, 10 years from now this is going to be longer <laughs> just because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I do that is, is one also, you know, personal enrichment, but two, uh, because of my experience and my personal belief that healing has to be approached holistically from all levels versus just looking for, um, the one thing to kind of, um, you know, make it better or be like the, the magical pill, mm-hmm. um, You know, I don't really operate from that space. I I really look to bring people to a place where they are fully self-empowered and really in their self-sovereignty. And what that comes down to is not having to basically be these different people and show up in different ways, which dissipates your effectiveness in being able to show up in the world or manifest the things that you wish to desire in your life. Um, so, you know, if if someone is a little bit more mental and scientific, having, you know, an astrological consideration in terms of how you plan things might be well might be better for you versus doing a tarot consultation because tarot is more giving you background on. You know, what are the underlying factors that are happening there and how to help you move through the process? Whereas astrology is much more um, strategic and specific because it's dealing with what's happening with the planet and those we don't have control over. So it it shows you, okay this is the environment that you're about to step into or this is what's coming down the road. How can you plan for this? How can you leverage it so that you maximize your return on investment or here's some obstacles that are going to come up for you. What are some ways that you can mitigate that and limit the, any potential kind of fallout that might show up? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it really depends on the type of person that, um, I'm dealing with. Now in general, I do feel like everyone should do some kind of energy healing, um, whether it's with me or not, but you can be healed energetically, you know, by being in nature, you know, being, um, out in the sun being with trees being at the ocean it does reset the energetic field um, and neutralize a lot of the, um, the disturbances that we are bombarded with uh, electronically um, and then you know same thing with uh, with crystals you know if you if you're kind of getting trying to start getting into working with energy but not quite comfortable working with another person crystals are a great way to start because they are consistent frequencies that can charge you, give you energy, or also provide um, mental clarity and stability. And you can carry them with you around. Like If you feel like you need, um, like for instance, like rose quartz, if you're dealing with a lot of grief, you can just hold that and it can bring... Um, a sense of peace and frequency because it's literally that kind of pale pink light and that light frequency or that color frequency does actually have a effect on your energetic field. You know, there's, there's science behind, um, behind all of it. So, but yeah, for me as someone who works with anyone, I like having as many tools in the toolbox as possible so that I can work with anyone that's something I pride myself on, but also I have that many tools in my toolbox because I've done the work myself, and I'm giving keys to liberation that I've personally birthed. It's not, you know, an idea that's like, oh, this is fun. Let me just do this. It's like, well, no. I've I've actually lived this, mm-hmm. and I can impart a different kind of knowledge and different kind of wisdom and um, empowerment that you know, you might not find by just reading a book or going to a seminar or something.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think it's amazing. I love that you bring all these tools to people's lives. And, um, you know, there's a few different directions I kind of want to go, but I, wanna, I want to take this in the direction of, um, you know, conversation about masculine and feminine dynamics and mm-hmm. how all this how all this plays into it because you know obviously this is a big theme and like more the spiritual and esoteric um, world but this is also something that obviously is part and parcel to everybody's life um you know just through the nature of relationships and interactions um from a from a male and female embodied perspective but then just the energetics that each one of us holds from a female and or from a feminine and masculine energetic perspective. And it's kind of a big topic, but I'd like to just take it in that direction um, because mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's some unique insights and perspectives that you may have for everybody out there that's going through a transformation, that's going through an alchemical process, that may be exploring different dimensions of their own being that may be different than what they had become accustomed to, say someone's a man and they're, they are a man and they're exploring more feminine dynamics and they're looking to integrate more of a wholeness mm-hmm. in their being. So, um, I kind it's kind of an open-ended, uh, introduction to yeah. that, but yeah,
1: yeah. So I, um, I love that. And I think, uh, what's important to right off the bat, distinguish is, you know, when we speak of masculine and feminine, we have to be Uh, clear about the particular context that we'll be in. So if we're speaking in terms of spirituality, um, you know, there's context around that and um, ideas and principles and versus in the the physical material world. So I'll address both. So in the, the spiritual world, when we say masculine and feminine, the masculine, or excuse me, the feminine energy to... Me in terms of us as human beings represents the the soul body. So it's the it can be the energetic field. You can think of it as that way, or you know the soul consciousness. But it's a state of being. And the masculine energy might be the mental body. Um, feminine might be the emotional body. The the masculine energy is the the structure or the form or the container for the feminine. So if we think in terms of, like, um, an egg, the contents within the egg would be the feminine energy. The shell itself would be the masculine. Or if we look at an atom, the the nucleus itself would be the feminine energy. The cloud, the electron cloud around it would be the masculine energy. So it's the the expansive force or the way that the feminine energy... uh, influences or interacts with the world around it. Okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, when we're talking about masculine or feminine energy in terms of actual operations or ways of uh, ways of energy moving in the universe, the feminine energy would be the receptive or the attracting force. The masculine energy would be the um, the proactive or the, the going out force the feminine energy would be more of the magnet the masculine energy would be more electricity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um. so and then when we're in human form humans have both because the soul like I said to me is the feminine and, or the energy body the uh, emotional body and then the, the masculine is Again, how they show up in the world, how they interact with the world or the the mental body. Now, you can be a biological male that have a more predominance of a feminine energy just based off of how you choose to interact or show up in in the world. You know, like there's the the biological... uh, Assignments is not necessarily the same as the um, the gender assignment. And then this plays up into relationships as well, too, because, you know, how you show up in terms of, you know, your job or how you go after your goals may be completely different than what you need or how you show up in a relationship with another person, whether that's a friend or a romantic partner or what have you. And so, You know, especially in terms of relationships, this can be an interesting dynamic because um, there's there definitely has to be a discussion, I think, around how you naturally would like to show up and what your emotional needs are and what that energy really is and find the the complement to that um, versus. Oh, I'm this particular gender, so I have to show up this way. Or oh, you are this particular gender, so you know I expect you to show up that way. Mm-hmm. And it's not in it's not in alignment with what is actually um, uh, there in your own personal soul. So, do those three different types of distinctions make sense? Oh,
0: perfectly, absolutely. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when we hear when we hear terms like Healing the masculine or healing the feminine. What is mm-hmm. your what is your inter- intake on that?
1: So usually that is referring more so to um, roles that we played in humanity mm-hmm. and um, the ability to be fully expressed in those roles and versus like you know trauma that's occurred. And so um, you know there's there's wounding in maleness and male expression as well as femaleness and female expression that has occurred. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, trauma, there's, um, uh, excessiveness it, it they both have, um, you know, their own things. So for, for women or those who are feminine identified, because again, it's not associated necessarily with your biology. Mm. There may be, um, a pattern either in your own personal life or ancestrally or culturally where the feminine has been um, disregarded or you're just used to boundaries being crossed, um, not having the same amount of power, what have you. In the masculine, um, the men or the masculine of center folks, um, you know, it can be a feeling of being restricted in your expression, like really narrow definition of what, um, that masculine energy looks like. Um, it can be a a history of being pushed into atrocities against self and other, um, you know, just the 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 culture, especially in, in the Western cultures, of violence, um, that men may have um, perpetuated carries with it wounding, because again, it's not the nature of things, and it's not the nature of of the soul, which is feminine. So you know, it's there's a lot of different ways that can show up. But when we get to healing these things, what it really means for me is two things. So it's one. Developing an understanding of the nature of how that energy just naturally shows up and developing a relationship with that, but also to um, healing the relationship with the opposite energy and bringing that into balance within. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, to, re- to go back to what I was saying, we are both. So, you know, the healing of the masculine or men has to occur with a reconnection with their divine feminine principle and energies. And there has to be a, an opening and a releasing of the restriction around what that can look like without, um, attack or judgment from other men who are not really open to it (laughs) because it might be seen as weakness, you know, uh, for women, it can be, the healing of the masculine energy within them can be um, really bringing themselves into balance with the feminine energy, which deals with giving and taking. And a lot of times, um, women or feminine-centered folks will overgive and then be really challenged or triggered around masculine energy because they don't feel supported. But they can't, they haven't learned how to monitor their own uh, internal balance and allow their own masculine energy basically to be the boundary holder, the, the protective energy so that they're not always tapped out. Um, so there's a, a mastery, self-mastery that has to, to happen in, in all in both um, binary genders, and of course those who are <laughs> who are really you know two spirit or, or who are non-binary, um, you know they're much more fluid, and they may or may not have an easier time in their relationships because they understand how to move between those energies with a little bit more ease, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's the the healing definitely is healing your relationship with the, the dominant energy that you choose to show up as first and foremost, but then also healing your perceptions, um, particular wounding or experiences that you've had, um, with the other energy within yourself as well too, and learn to embody that energy. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> then we can work together. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that makes sense. So for somebody Obviously, this work has to be done within themselves as an, an integral individual being. But then say somebody is in a relationship. So mm-hmm. how then can they practice this process um, mm-hmm. with, the, with the, the literal reflection of their, their counterpart?
1: So, okay, so a couple things there. So the person that you're in a relationship with is not your opposite. First and foremost, like that, that actually, I think is the, the idea that has to be rooted up and let go of is that you are a full whole being and they're a full whole being and you are relating to each other. They're not the masculine or the feminine personified who is basically taking on the role of the energy that you should be embodying yourself. That's not their responsibility. And that goes both ways. (laughs) Um, so but impractical means to get back to that because I think that's really the thing is I think what's important for people to understand is that at least from my perspective relationships with anyone are are relationships between habits and processes not the idea of the person or the potential of the person Mm -hmm. so you know, it's not the job of the other person to do your healing work for you. Now, yes, they can um, witness with you and hold you in a space if, you know, that's a need that you have. But your individual work is your responsibility. What your job is to do, your what your job is, is to say, okay, these are the needs that I, I have. And these are some of the ways that, I am able to receive love. You know, I'm sure you've heard about like the five languages of love. We'll just use a, a mundane example. Like, you know, if I'm a more verbal oriented person in the way that I really feel loved and appreciated, just having that verbal uh, communication. How, you know, that person may have another way that they receive or express love. So it's a matter of okay, well, if I need it verbally like that's really how I get it, but you may be more of an action-oriented person. Mm-hmm. What's the way that we can find a middle ground for you to communicate with me in a way that makes me get this need met while still keeping you in integrity. And so it's a discussion about emotional needs being met and patterns that help to facilitate that happening versus, okay, I'm a woman, and yes, I'm balanced with my masculine energy, but as soon as I get into a relationship with a man, then I automatically just put the role of masculine energy on him, and I expect him to, Mm. to protect and provide and do, you know, X, Y, Z, one, two, three, and that's not what the purpose of, at least of a romantic relationship is. First and foremost, it is about emotional needs being met. You know, if you decide to get married and have kids and everything, then you lay those things on top. But this is really about that and cultivating that. That's what you always have to cycle back to. Mm-hmm. So that's what discussion, is. it really needs to be foundationally versus here expectations for what I think in my mind or culturally is going to, you know, make this quote unquote successful versus oh, you know, I've actually done a needs assessment on what I really need. Um, You know, obviously I can't control you exactly showing up a certain way,
0: but if we're going to
1: have a discussion about something, especially if we're going to have a fight, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I have to address actions and behaviors versus you and your character. Mm. This isn't about judging you, it's this behavior is upsetting me because this is making me feel this way. What's another way that this action or behavior can be adjusted or another action or behavior that can come in, you know, from both parties because it takes you to tango to, you know, steer, steer clear of this, so that we're both, you know, really in communication versus me, right. you, you did this, blah, blah, blah. And, and it turning into a, um, you know, us versus them or, or you versus me kind of thing. Yeah, um which is, which so, is really
0: easy yeah. to happen, especially in moments of such like passion and emotional triggering and stuff that comes up unexpectedly. It can mm-hmm. really take a hold of the nervous system and put somebody in an immediate fight or flight and mm-hmm. um, to act incredibly irrationally but very passionately. So it's like it can be very easy to get caught in that, that tsunami and say a whole bunch of crazy stuff that that is not what somebody really means, or to say it in a way that is like, um, almost intentionally depending on the the wound or unconsciousness of the, of the person in that situation to actually like hit certain things within that person to, to get them to, you know, to like, whatever the, someone's trying to, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, trigger something inside someone else because they want them to feel the pain that they're feeling, um, instead of just like, you know, taking that moment to breathe or whatever, and to have an actual dialectic or communication. Um, I've just seen that so many times, just in my own, you know, my own experience and just seeing that in society, you know, this like, this like heating up that occurs. So, you know, I just want to just kind of put that out there too.
1: Yeah. And and that's the thing is like, it's, if the... If the priority, if the relationship is a priority, then when you get triggered or when stuff comes up, you need to say, "Hey, you know, this upset me, but I'm not really in a place where I can talk about it right now. Let me come back around to it." Like there has to be space, mm-hmm. and you need to take the time to, you know, assess your emotions, you know, what happened, and again, get down to the behavior, so that when you come back to the conversation, you Can address the systems and the processes and say, okay, here are also some options as opposed to like just putting it on the person to kind of figure it out. You know, just like, oh, what you said upset me, but okay, well, why did it upset, you know, we can talk about that, but then what actually was the environment, what actually was the intention of the person, you know, what are some topics that might be off, um, kind of off the table, You know, you need to be able to have that discussion, but you can't have it in the in the heat of the moment. So but that's where the personal um, the personal integrity and emotional intelligence and maturity has to come through, because. You know, if you really cared about the other person. You're not going to find it acceptable in any way, shape, or form to make them a punching bag for your triggers, whether literally or, you know, metaphorically, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so I I really have no tolerance, whether it's a man or a woman going off on someone, so to speak, uh, just because they get triggered. Like I I will call it out as soon as I see it. Mm Um, and more often than not, I end up doing that with women and they, <laughs> <laughs> they get shocked because they expect me to, um, I think, in some ways, like side with the guy. And, you know, I'll call the guy out, too. And, you know, everyone's going to get it. But um, but I will call the behavior out because, you know, that's part of the healing for the um, the feminine energy. It's your job to have perception and a boundary for the emotions that that are there because ultimately what you want to do is move things forward if it's a priority right. and then you can say you know it's like if I get triggered I'll tell you that I'm triggered and just I need us to be able to stop and I just need to be held not that you know I'm right or you're wrong but I need to be able to calm down Or not willing to do that in that space, then let me go and have my space for as long as I need to have, you know, (laughs) know that I will come back and we can talk about it. But um, I want because this is a priority, I want to be able to come to this level headed without the emotions there because the relationship is a priority not the idea of you or not, you know, just not being alone mm-hmm. like this. What we have is a priority. So I want to show up in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it, it's not, it's not easy by any means, but, um, that's really for, um, I mean, that's, that's ultimately where you're going to have to go because the, the fights are not necessarily fights, but the, the conflict is not going to stop. We're human. We're going to grow. um, You know, things may be great for 10 years and then you may decide to have a divorce because you're completely different people. But Mm -hmm. how much you handle that divorce, you know, if you have communication and emotional and mental intelligence and resilience versus people who make it a habit to bash each other or think that it's okay to just like, oh, I'm upset. I'm triggered. So I'm just going to explode because that's what I do with everyone else. And I'm used to people just coming to rescue me because. They in crisis and no that's not or i'm just going to start throwing things or like you know go drink or or cheat or what have you like no it's not that's not acceptable that's showing your character that's showing your maturity and that really has nothing to do with me and so i i get to make an assessment of what i will accept and what i will not yeah. but i will give the option to talk about it and to work through it you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah a lot of really really good points here um i want to i want to pivot a little bit i want to talk about let's see which part there was like two things in particular i wanted to talk about i don't think we'll have time to address both of them but um why don't we go into archangels i want to i want to discuss that because um in your story you have a you have a particular note on an encounter with what is considered or what's called archangel gabriel and Mm -hmm. for some people they'll be familiar with that for some people they'll have no idea what that means and i definitely Mm -hmm. have had my own experience just in more subtle ways um so I am totally aware, but I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into that. What is what does it mean when you say you've had a encounter with Archangel Gabriel? And for people there, that that may be a new concept, or they may not even they may not believe in that kind of thing. What would mm-hmm. what would you yeah what, what do you have to say about that?
1: So I think that. Well, to me, everything it really is is consciousness. But what you can, uh, for those who prefer to not anthropomorphize consciousness, um, which I, I am kind of in that vein, so you know, sometimes I'll I'll use the terminology of you know the archangel just because it just makes things easier. But I also do prefer to work with those energies sometimes with just concepts and ideas without all the extra. So um, to me, angels and archangels and and just anything that's kind of more higher spirit realm energy basically are ideas and concepts or um, aspects of nature of the universe. Okay? So like if we take the element of fire... You can have a slew of deities that would be associated, um, deities or angels or what have you, that be associated with that element. But the element of self has its own properties. And you can have deeper awarenesses and deeper experiences by just spending time with the element, meditating with the element, being around it, understanding its properties, how it works and all of that. It's the same same kind of thing that um, a scientist might develop uh, in themselves. And that's a lot of how I work as well, too. I like working with core, the core of things. Excuse me. <clears throat> okay. So I like working with the core of things. So, like, you know, the pure essence of fire. Like, what is that? The pure essence of water. What is that? How does that operate? What are the principles in and how it moves and works through the world? And what does that mean to have that be a part of, um you know, my particular experience, um, you know, so it's, it's so that I see the same thing with, with the angels, they can be concepts, um, of the universe or activities of the universe itself. Now for like Gabriel or, or Michael or Raphael, um, like I think Michael, the, I think his is, uh, trust is the, oh, no, he's not trust. He's on um, truth it is his core concept, but he's also associated with like the, the sun. He's associated with fire. So there's definitely certain kind of qualities that that energy resonates with. And so if you spend time with those elements in nature or with those concepts in your meditation, um, I would actually say that you, most likely are working with Archangel Michael as well, too, even if it's not, you know, necessarily personifying in angelic form, per se. Um, but uh, Gabriel Michael, I probably spend the most amount of time with. Uh, I tend to associate them more anthropomorphically in terms of healing work because it kind of gives me a way to bounce back and forth with another energy. But... The the energy around Michael is more so protective and vitalizing. Mm. He also, I find, tends to show up for people who are, you know, leaders or they have this kind of um, warrior energy about them um, or like knights or kings or like any of that kind of um, court energy of just nobility and uh, legacy and all that kind of thing. Like I, I, really do enjoy enjoy his energy for that regard. Gabriel is more. He's more associated with the element of water or the moon. And he, uh, for those who are Christian, you would know him as being the angel of um, uh, in Revelations who basically calls uh, the dead to to be resurrected. So he's the angel with the trumpet. Um, but basically, he was the one that showed up because he will come in in those moments, um, you know, if if needed, to basically shine the light in the dark and give you the opportunity to, to essentially say yes to your true nature or to say yes to life. Um, and so at the time, though, I didn't know it was him. For me, it was just... It was just God speaking to me because I, I hadn't really, um, delved into, you know, working with angels and all that kind of stuff. It was only, uh, recently where, as I've been spending specifically time with each and tuning my energetic perception to how they resonate in my energy field. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is what this energy was, um, So, yeah, does that help answer the
0: question? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. and I know it's a a big one, and it could go uh, probably a lot deeper, but um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to touch on that, because this is something that I know a lot of people are having, quote-unquote, visitations, or contact, or connection with, however you might phrase that, and want to understand, or just to open people's mind to some of these more semi-religious or spiritual connotations that um, can get, um, uh, that can get um, materialistically coded over in the, mm-hmm. the overtly scientistic or scientismic world that we live in. Um, and it's nice to return to that, that, that sense of uh, magic and to know that magic is kind of what, what is the underlining formative theme of our, our world and life and the universe. And science is actually more of a response to to that so i always like to defer to the sense of magic first and foremost in that we are being supported by forces beyond our intellectual understanding or rational understanding but there are forces supporting us
1: yeah and and the cycle back to you know what i was saying saying about like how the majority of the universe is non-physical you know if, if anyone has had an experience of feeling, you know, a family member who has passed visit them in their dreams or feel them around them, if they're thinking about them, that's essentially the same kind of energy. So when you have, um, you know, spirit guides or your ancestors or um, individual guardian angels, that's what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's nice with being in the quote unquote spirit realm is that. You know, that energy can be anywhere, anytime, because the limitations of time and space are no longer there. So I can be working with Archangel, you know, Michael right now, and you could be working with him, too, or somebody on the other side of the globe, because it's not um, uh, restricted to one point in time and space. Like, it, it is a field of consciousness that can permeate and operate in any way of being because it is an aspect of the divine. so i want to ask though do you have um do you have an affinity to to michael
0: um i don't know i don't know i thought it was an affinity towards gabriel that was that's kind of just my understanding um and that's my i guess my interpretation um i honestly don't know though because it wasn't like overtly revealed or like as a matter of fact it's just kind Mm -hmm. of like kind of uh uh, yeah, it's just connotative. It's just kind of interpretive, so I, I can't say for for sure. And it's a little fuzzy right now. I'm in a kind of an interesting little transit in my life, so um, it kind mm-hmm. of dips in and out.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'll give you, I'll give you and your your listeners uh, a really simple way to, to connect because that's a question that comes up is like, well, how do I connect with my spirit guide and guardians and all that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So you can, I I will say that overall, just keep things simple and, and non, um, non ritualistic, like really just have a a basic friendship and relationship with that, which is non-physical. Like you don't have to have these barriers in between and this formalization in between you and experiencing that, which is greater than you. So you can really simply say, you know, get yourself into a a quiet place where you're not going to be disturbed make sure you're sitting upright, body's relaxed and just restful and you can say like for instance with Michael I welcome in and forth the presence of Archangel Michael to surround me and communicate with me in a way that I can see and understand and you just and you just see what happens in your body see how your body feels if you feel any warmth feel peace um, maybe colors will come up maybe images will come up you know you just see what's there Mm -hmm. give it some time and just say thank you for um you know sharing that with me and make it a practice because the more you do it the more the stronger the connection will become um and easier will be to discern okay uh you know, to pick up when that energy is around you. So, yeah, I would say, you know, try that. I welcome in and forth Archangel Michael. Please surround me with your presence. Um, let me communicate with me in a way that I can, I can see and understand. Same thing with Gabriel, Raphael, or whoever. Um, you know, you can do that with your spirit guide. You know, I don't know who they are, but please surround me so I can feel what you feel like. Um, your ancestors. You know, for me, a... Uh, as an African-American woman, I don't have physical, literal access to my ancestry past my great-grandmother, <laughs> just from the nature of America and, like, the slave trade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't reach back to, to do that, but at the very least, I can call in my ancestors, you know, who are there for my benefit, and I can feel their presence. Um, and then now that my grandmother and great mother, grand grandmother have passed, I can, I can call them actually by name and and call and bring them in. But, um, you know, you don't have to know the name of things to call it in. It really is about your, your intention and keeping the focus on having a true experience versus, um, an idea of an experience to really just be in the moment and to just feel it, um, Yeah. So have fun with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate I appreciate that insight and um, just the whole nature of the conversation. We really dove deep on a lot of different topics and um, yeah, I think it's going to be super, super useful for everyone listening. And I'd love to direct everybody to your website with more information, how to potentially book a session with you and all that. Thank you.
1: Uh, So the website is inner sun alchemy.com so inner like versus outer, I-N-N-E-R sun like our sun, S-U-N and then alchemy A-L-C-H-E-M-Y and the reason for that name is because one, I'm not a fan of spiritual bypassing (laughs) but two um, I think really the purpose that we all have in this life, but specifically for me, is to help ground in and bridge the the spirit world and the wealth of wisdom and knowledge there with the human experience. And to be able to live through our inner sun or live through our, our heart. So we can be activated um, leaders in the world or warriors in the world. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ah. Awesome. Well, the the link is in the show notes below. This is really awesome. Definitely for me, just taking it all in and letting it kind of percolate and integrate. And I have some new tools to kind of work with and play with. And
1: Yay. <laughs> yeah,
0: so thank you so much Jeanette, for joining me and being on the show. And
1: um, yeah, I really yeah, appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And um, if there's any any kind of parting insights that you'd like to share with anyone, I want to um, give the floor to you.
1: So I would say for everyone, go for peace, you know, go for God and all that you, all that you do. Um, a lot of times we go for entertainment of something or, or go for, you know, this high experience or money or what have you, but. Ultimately, when we speak about fulfillment and really living your best life and maximizing uh, your human potential, to me, what that really means is you are in a place of peace. You are in a place of coherence. There's no um, internal battling that's happening. And if you stay on that path, you will always be supported and obstacles will move out of your way. And um, it's it's. Not an easy path, not really because it's hard, but just it requires an innocence and a simplicity of, of heart and a devotion to something that is beyond the ideas that everyone else has created. It's, it's having a mind that is right at the edge to be able to meet what's there on the other side of the veil to be adaptable, adaptable to it. So yeah, seek peace, seek peace, go for, go for peace, go for God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me. It was an honor and pleasure.
1: Yay. Thank you.